Welcome to the Cyber Firefight Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Tarrin, the Deputy CISO at Fortinet and author of the book, Fight Fire with Fire, Proactive Cybersecurity Strategies for Today's Leaders. In this Cybersecurity Perspectives podcast, we will talk with a different cybersecurity expert from the book in each episode and discuss valuable perspectives and important takeaways from their individual chapter. Welcome to today's podcast on Fight Fire with Fire, Proactive Cybersecurity Strategies for Today's Leaders. Today I'll be talking with my good friend and colleague, Lisa Donnan, Operating Partner of Option 3 Cybersecurity Private Equity. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, Renee. All right, so you have a very exciting chapter um, that's, I know, top of mind and know is on the mind for a lot of organizations, which is addressing the skills gap and diversity. Um, But before we dive into that, um, I was hoping that you can talk to our audience a little bit um, by first starting off and telling us a little bit about your background and how you came into the cyber field. So I spent 25 years commercializing innovative and disruptive technologies, launching new businesses and markets. I've done it for both the private and the public sector. And about 15 years ago, we were asked by one of our customers in the Department of Defense to help them with a significant issue they had with IPv6 attacks from nation states. And so my team and I built the first intrusion system for IPv6. And as most people know, IPv6 is the address book for the internet. And fast forward, you know, 15 years, we're still fighting the cyber fight. I'm just doing it as an investor now. Right. And that, that's an interesting background, um, Lisa. And, you know, it, it's good to, for people to understand that, again, we, we come from all different walks of life. We all come from different backgrounds. And that's important, especially as we try to attract and attain, you know, more talent into the cyber field and that you don't necessarily have to have to come from those hardcore cyber backgrounds with coding and network engineering that, um, again, it takes a variety of skill sets in cyber. And, you know, we all can bring something to the table to that fight. So. You address in in your chapter, you know, again, you're, like I said, your your chapter addresses that skills gap, and you know, we've talked about it numerous times. It's still you know top of mind for leaders today. But you know, for our listeners, can you elaborate on uh, on this a little bit more and, and really give our readers an understanding of how much of an issue this this really is? Yeah, well, as you know, cybersecurity infosec, right, in general, has had a zero unemployment rate for the, over the last decade, and roughly you know three and a half million unfulfilled jobs globally. And even uh, from a workforce demand standpoint, we'd globally have to increase by 145%, that'd be 62% in the US. And 70% of all organizations say that the lack of cyber talent is at issue with them. So it really is for CISOs and for CEOs a number one priority. You know, we're sitting here in a pandemic and folks, you know, it's easy to forget that in 2020, we had a record breaking data breach and cyber attack year. Uh, only to be surpassed by 2021, and you know we're at the beginning of 2022. We'll see what we we'll see what unfolds. But as you can imagine, you've got you know CISO teams having to figure out what priorities they're working on because they don't have enough bench. You've got cybersecurity vendors like yourself who are having to figure out which customer has the worst situation right now from a priority standpoint. So not having a bench to defend is a really big issue. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're seeing that, you know, as definitely as we're seeing, you know, the edge expanding and more technology and more resources being applied onto the networks, um, it's becoming tougher job for CISOs to manage. And without having the, those resources, um, fundamentally, you know, what we've talked about, it takes people, processes, and technology. Technology can't solve all your problems, but without the people there to operate that technology, 
um, you know, it becomes a, a huge risk for, for CISOs and ITs and, or, and organizations. Yeah, the stats are really, you know, overwhelming. You know, our dwell time has not improved. I mean, we're still seeing it around 280 days. We've got, you know, every 39 seconds a cyber attack and, you know, every minute 3 million is being lost to cybercrime. So <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't bode well and we've got a perfect storm. It is. And so from your perspective, you know, how should leaders and organizations, you know, be looked to address it? How, how do the skills and, and the diversity gap, um, you know, in, in today's environment? But at macro level, we have a, you know, we have a pipeline issue. We do not have enough people going into this field. We do not have enough girls and minorities taking STEM classes in middle school and high school. Um, we have issues with math in elementary school. And on a, you know, a really kind of a serious note, we have, you know, we're sitting here in the 21st century and we have a public school system that was built in the 1940s. So in part, that is a bit of our issue. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but, but I wanna say on a, on a positive, there is a positive note though. There is a positive note. In 2018, women did earn 53% of all STEM degrees. Unfortunately, only 27% of them are in the workforce. And then when you go to cyber security, computer security, you're in the six to 8%. So even with higher ed, we're still not, you know, retaining talent. Right. And, and I think a lot of that is, you know, it's it, where you bring up about point is, you know, it seems like we, we are getting more young girls interested in STEM, but keeping them interested in STEM um, becomes a challenge. And, you know, from my perspective, you know, I, I think for a lot of organizations, you know, putting more women in, in leadership roles, having that mentoring um, and seeing role models out there, I think is really kind of huge for our industry. You know, that's why, you know, leveraging leaders like you and me in, in, in this space is, is important to show that, you know, young women and minorities that they can have a very productive and fruitful um, job in the cyber field. Yeah, I mean, it really nets out that leaders, companies, and frankly, boards of directors uh, need to walk the talk. They need to build formal structures to sustain accountability, just like they do for other organizations like sales and marketing. Uh, they need to look at you know how well they're doing from an educational, training, development standpoint. Um, for sure, they need to review, you know, compensation, you know, for underrepresented folks. Um, but I actually, you know, I think one of the most critical things, and when folks reach out to me in the field, this is their number one issue, is they want to work for companies that are serious about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And at the end of it, it's culture. Yep, absolutely. Okay. I would, I would agree. I would talk. I've same. I mean, I, I've talked with more organizations, more people looking for jobs entering, even some of the younger, younger workforce. You know that I, I've mentored and coached that are looking to go, and that's important. Um, that's one something the criteria they're they're looking at. It's it's right up there now with being having you know the ability to um, have that flexibility of, of having that work life balance. Um, the culture of the organization is also becoming equally important for the next generation workforce. Right. Yeah, and, and, and it, you know, it, it started in tech and it transcends, you know, into the infosec world. Um, tech has had those issues as well. And we need to address it. We need to address it. There's a great quote, great quote. 
on diversity that I want to that I just want to highlight, but I'm gonna have to read it because I didn't memorize it. So I didn't know if you read Adam Green again. Excellent book. And he says, in building a team, there are some dimensions where fit is important and others where misfit adds value. And research suggests that we want people with dissimilar traits and backgrounds, but similar principles. And diversity of personal experience brings fresh ideas for rethinking and complementary skills for new ways of doing. Shared values promote commitment and collaboration. I just thought that was a very... Yeah, that's a very, very powerful, powerful statement. Um, and that's one of the things you, you talk in the, in, in the book is what I think people don't necessarily understand is that value of diverse teams. I, I know, you know, when I've built high performing teams, you know, throughout my career, I always look to make sure that I have diversity across those teams, because if you have everyone that same cookie cutter, um, you run the risk of, of missing something. You're not looking to push each other or challenge each other to, to solve problems. Um, yeah. You know, from yeah. your, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, even, you know, even when I first started down cybersecurity and me and my guy, so, you know, I, I'll never, when I said, wow, you know, not only are we diverse, but they were all vets. Yep. And I think it goes to, you know, what Grant was talking about is mission. If you all have, want the same outcome from a mission, from results, you know, it, you know, diversity is, is a positive thing. And frankly, it's good for the bottom line. I mean, McKinsey has done enough studies to show that um, when you have diversity of race and ethnic and gender, the financial results are over and above what the nation, you know, the nation industry median is. Yep. I mean, for you know, a lot of organizations, I don't, I don't know what more convincing that they need. I mean, I, I agree. There's studies out there that show that, you know, organizations are more productive. They solve problems faster. Um, they also have higher retention rates with their, their staff. Um, and ultimately it increases their bottom line that they can increase their, their, their revenue. Um, yeah, so Forbes, Forbes just did a study and the, the numbers actually were, were quite impressive that closing the cybersecurity gender gap would boost the U.S. economy by 30 billion and an additional 12.7 billion if women earned as much as their male colleagues. Yep. I mean, so, hey, do the math. <laughs> I, I know. And, and especially when you look at what's going on right now with the great resignation, um, you know, you have a lot of people that have realized, you know, through the pandemic that they really started to reevaluate and reprioritize what's most important in their life. Right. So there's a lot of time now where organizations, you know, where people, you know, are, are looking to make a career move. And what a great opportunity is for organizations to, you know, harvest those people that are now looking for a changing career path, you know, to harvest them and address some of those skills gap. But I, I agree with you, you know, the organizations also have to have that open mind and, and willing to accept, you know, di people of diverse backgrounds, um, you know, and, and ethnicity and so forth. And well, so I think it's also important for boards. You know, I sit on many boards of directors, right? And you know, guidance and directorship permeates and trickles down into how the management, you know, how the company is managed. And so I think that boards also have to embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if not, you know, board directors, just like employees, will vote with their feet. 
Um, but you know, Fortinet, I mean, you, your employer, I mean, I think did some interesting research on women CISOs, right? And women CISOs scored higher than their male counterparts in both leadership, 46%, and analytical skills, 150%. Uh, you know, I'm saying maybe compensation, you know, maybe women's compensation should take that into consideration. Yep, absolutely. And also on, on hiring, when you look at the population, over 50% of the population is women. And, you know, from my perspective, it's, it's really an untapped resource because we still look at the percentage overall nationwide, especially within the U.S. and North America. Um, women still are lower representation um, in the cyber field than even some of our other countries um, around the world. Yeah, I mean, we've got roughly, uh, you know, 400 CISOs in the U.S. Uh, you know, the number is improving, about 14% are women. Yeah, which, which it's, it's growing, but it's, you know, nowhere near where it needs to be. Yep. Yeah. And so what advice would you give for those looking to aspire to a CISO role or move up in, in their companies? I think if folks want to be in management or even a CISO role, right, it really, you need to look at adopting soft skills, acquiring soft skills, finance, planning, leadership, um, you know, operational skill sets. Uh, because at the end of the day, cybersecurity is as much a business issue as it is a technical issue. And, you know, when you want to get into that C-suite, um, that's kind of what it's going to take. The other thing too is I think that folks should look to you know high profile projects. Women in particular are much more conservative. They want to be fully qualified before they sometimes apply for a job that is more significant than where they are right now. Uh, sometimes they don't want to hold up their hands for high profile projects. And that is where you, you, know, you, you make your name. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it means taking rest and sometimes it means going outside your comfort zone, um, taking on jobs that, you know, you wouldn't think, you know, and, right. and, and sometimes, you know, you have to take jobs to, you know, round out your portfolio of, of expertise. Right. Nothing wrong with taking a lateral position if it's if you're acquiring additional skill sets. I used uh, to say I view skill sets as like a suitcase, right? And I just keep piling them in my suitcase and then wherever I go, I bring my suitcase with me. Absolutely. That's a, that's a fabulous analogy. And, you know, from my perspective, there's times in my career where I've had to take a job where, you know, it was not my end all be all job. Um, but the skills and either the, the people that I'd be working with or the network I'd be building, um, you know, it, it was important that I took that job for a year or two to gain those additional skill sets to help me and later on. So even if you're in your current job, you know, and you're not happy, then look for the positives that you can take to that job and use them to you know, expand in, in, in your next job. Because I'm also a big firm believer that if you're not happy in your job, you're not happy anywhere. And so when you're sitting in the parking lot and, you know, you don't want to get out of the car to go in the building or in today's environment, you don't want to, you know, walk downstairs to get on your laptop because we work, a lot of us are working from home, then you need to start reevaluating. Um, and definitely there's opportunities out there, um, especially for women and minorities. So um, you know, they need to be looking to, to take advantage of that. Yeah, Kelly Clarkson has a great quote. If you're not having a good day, change it. Exactly. Um, the other interesting thing too is, you know, folks need to understand how the company makes money. Yep. Right. And 
you know, or, or go start your own company. You know, I mean, venture last year gave women only 2% of their funding, but that still was, you know, $8 billion. So there is money out there for folks who want to, you know, test their own entrepreneur and spirit. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing too is, you know, uh, and in particular in the CISO, right? It, it's a small club. The C-suite is a small club, no matter what C you're, it is, right? So you should look for, you know, industries that have high growth because when companies have high growth, more opportunity. They want to see performance. Yep. They're not as concerned with, do you look like X? Yep. They want to know, can you get the job done? Absolutely. So I think that's important. And so, you know, as we, we we've talked about, you know, the skills gap in diversity. So as, you know, we're heading on to, you know, our year 2022, we've seen that obviously, you know, adversaries aren't slowing down, we, you know, um, you know, we're, we're still having to put up that good cyber fight. Um, so what piece of advice would you give to, you know, IT and cyber leaders today as we, we head on into, you know, this next year in 2022? Well, I think you hit a bit, little bit on it, right? We're in unprecedented times. So, you know, what you did last year is not cut and cut it for this year. When it comes to, you know, talent, leaders, companies, boards have to expand the pool of talent that they are looking to, to fill those gaps. And I think companies need to continue to look at innovative, disruptive technologies. I know everyone is really busy. Y'all have so many cybersecurity vendors already in your environment, but with the with the speed of light that cybersecurity moves, new technologies have to be continually reviewed, assessed, and at times deployed. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really do believe, I mean, it's, you know, you and I've known each other for a very long time. This is still a wonderful, wonderful industry to be in. It is high growth, it is a community, and it is very open to networking. As you know, network, network, network. And I really do believe there are only two sectors that are gonna define this century. One of them's crypto and the other one's cyber. And so what better place to be? Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. And for a lot of organizations, you know, that they're looking at that new technology, they gotta make sure that, you know, their technologies have interoperability, work and play well with others in their environments um, and also you know, really enabling organizations to do uh, more automation. Because again, as you said, cyber is happening at speed of light and, you know, we need to be doing things at, at speed and scale in, in our cyberspace. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Lisa, I can't thank you enough for your partnership on this the project of, of the book and your continued leadership in the cyberspace. I was so blessed to be with you all, you know, contributing to that book because, you know, what else would I would have done in a pandemic? Eat Lay's potato chips or, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Kept us busy. Absolutely. And I think your chapter really gives a lot of insight into organizations, you know, really understanding the skills and diversity issue that we see in the cyberspace and 
in other industries and also, you know, some really some food for thought, um, maybe Lay's potato chips on, you know, really what you know, organizations can do to help address this um, within their organizations. If you want more information on Fight Fire with Fire, go to our blog at ftnt.net slash cyber firefight.